Okay, wait, this is the remix. The legal lens is back at it again with Angela Red Eye Bright. Go tell a friend. Unions in the labor movement, employment law, and doing the right thing. Reparations in COVID 19, voting rights. The insight is priceless. KBLA Talk, you know we got it. Come on, let's go. Hello, KBLA Talk 1580 listeners. You are tuned in to KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens with Angela Redock Wright Show where we bring law to light each Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and each Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We are broadcasting to you live from Lemert Park, USA, which is part of the famous Crenshaw District of Los Angeles. And if you have not been to the Crenshaw District recently, there's always something wonderful and exciting here happening here. And I encourage you to come out and enjoy many a weekend uh, summer within Lamert Park in the Crenshaw area and just to experience all of the excitement here. Many thanks to JSTAR for our Legal Lens Jingle remix. We love it. It gets us going each week. And thank you, thank you, thank you to each of you, our listeners, especially those of you who tune in from week to week. We could not do this show without you, and we are so thankful for you. And for those of us who, oh, you who may just be tuning in, we're grateful for you as well and hope that you will become regular listeners of KBLA Talk 1580 and also of the Legal Lens with Angela show. Um, you can follow KBLA Talk 1580 on all socials and you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at I am Angela Redock Wright and all other socials just by my name, Angela Redock Wright. And I hope you will because it's a great way for me to get to know you better, uh, for me to hear your comments about the show, what else you want to hear about on the show, what kind of topics we can bring to you that matter to you the most. Our mission on the Legal Lens Show, our theme is to bring, our motto is to bring law to light. And we really take that to heart. Our goal is to bring you the latest legal and policy issues, uh, not just issues that are trending, but issues that are important to you and that help um, help you in your everyday life. So if you have ideas for shows or speakers, we certainly want to hear it. And you know what the great thing about KBLA Talk 1580 is you can listen to us anywhere on the go at any time, no matter where you are in the world. We are international, we are global. Um, so I know it's the weekend, so you may have plans with your family, your friends, you may be on your way to work out or to run some errands or maybe just cleaning the house, but whatever you're doing, you can easily listen to us um, by downloading our app and take us with you anywhere on the go. Of course, you can also listen on your AM dial if you have a radio nearby. And you can always tell Alexa to play KBLA Talk 15, 1580 on TuneIn. In fact, that's my favorite way to listen to the station throughout the week. Uh, but whatever you do, play us on the go. Take us with you wherever you go. And tell a friend, tell a family member, uh, because we're building our station and we need you, our listeners, to do that and we need you to help spread the word. And you really want to call someone today because we have a great show planned for you. We're talking on a subject that is near and dear to my heart about um, mediation and conflict resolution. That's what I do every day as an um, employment law mediator and Title IX mediator. Um, I've been practicing law for about 27 years and for a good part of my career, I was a litigator, but uh, representing clients in all aspects of employment and Title IX law 
but about three and a half going on four years ago, I went, went full-time as a mediator. And what I do in that role is to help um, individuals who and companies who are involved in employment or Title IX litigation um, or pre-litigation, I help them to resolve their disputes through a mediated process. So this um, issue is near and dear to my heart. Um, this week, the um, United Nations celebrated International United Nation or UN Peacekeepers Day. And so it pricked my mind to say, you know, we need to do a show on mediation and conflict resolution. We did one a few months back, but I want to try to bring this topic with different angles and different speakers. And today to help us with our topic, um, to talk about mediation and conflict resolution and peace building internationally, globally, and domestically, we have someone who is near and dear to my heart. His name is Kenneth Cloak. We call affectionately call him Ken. And Ken is an internationally renowned mediator, um, peace builder, um, conflict resolution trainer, and strategist. And um, I was just so happy when he said yes to coming on our show because Ken has a great way of taking really um, tough concepts about mediation and conflict resolution and helping to make them practical for us in our everyday lives and helps each of us to see how we can become peace builders in our own lives, whether it be at work, with our family members, with our friends. Um, Ken has an uncanny ability to help us see ourselves as individual peacemakers and mediators and conflict resolution builders, so to speak. So you don't want to miss him. He has, he himself, he helped to found, and he was one of the lead founders of an organization called Mediators Beyond Borders International. So he'll talk about that and the work that that organization has done and that he's done. He's been on the front lines of many global conflicts and he'll be using that experience as well as his experience just in everyday mediation and conflict resolution with workplace issues and other issues to help give us some tools and strategies for becoming mediators and um, strategic conflict resolution uh, strategists in our own lives each every day. Um, one of the things I love about Ken and what he's talking about these days, he's a he's a thought leader in our community, and he's really been giving a lot of light to this. Um, what we've been seeing unfold in our uh, before our very eyes in the United States recently, what we call you know an increase in domestic terrorism and just domestic tensions. You know, it's one thing to say we need to go around the world and help create peace, but we see right here in our own backyard. You know, since the pandemic, since George Floyd's passing, um, and just all of the things, the political turmoil of the last four or five years, how that has created a really um, an environment in the US that is tension filled. And there are a lot of conversations that need to be had and a lot of conflict resolution that needs to happen. And it's not really happening at the level that it needs to. And Ken is talking about this and will give us some tools that we can use to help navigate and be leaders in some of those tough conversations that we ourselves have with our own family members, our own friends, our own work colleagues. So you definitely wanna tell a friend to tune into the show. It's gonna be great. Ken Cloak um, 
is going to provide us some insights that you'll just find so thought provoking and enlightening and helpful to you in your everyday life. Um, before we come forward and bring Ken in, I just, just do want to share with you a couple of statistics and information about UN peacekeeping peacekeeping day since that was the you know kind of pricked our interest in today's show but the united nations found um, the UN peacekeeping arm of its uh, organization about 75 years ago um the organized peacekeepers are called upon not only to maintain peace and security but also to facilitate the political process protect civilians assist in the disarmament demobilization and reintegration of former combatants and so we hear we see this on the news that we you know we hear that u.n peacekeepers are going into a certain country um but who knew that there was actually a day that celebrates the individuals that do this work since um 75 years ago they have done 12 peacekeeping missions in places like Africa, the Middle East, Europe, and Asia. There are over 90,000 UN peacekeepers, about 8% of them are women. So definitely um, opportunity for women and people of color to um, get into this profession and into this work. Um, and they cite, and I agree as a mediator and someone who focuses on peace building, that mediation and conflict res resolution is eight times more cost effective than other strategies that might sometimes lead to more disputes and more tension in these um, international and global countries and even domestically. Um, Ken is going to share with us more about Mediators Beyond Borders and some of their work internationally, but um, their mission um, is, is similar, is to go into countries globally and to <coughs> build local capacities for peace and to advocate for mediation. Um, they work directly with the people impacted by conflicts, and so that's one of the great things about them. But as I said, Ken um, has taken this concept of international and global peacekeeping and peace building and brought it home to us um, global, um, domestically, those of us who live in the U.S are witnessing firsthand um, tensions that we that I don't know if this country has ever experienced. Um, some statistics say that in the last five years, far-right terrorism has been on the rise, political terrorism. There's in 2019, there was over 50, 53 terrorist attacks in the US. In the first half of 2020, there were 67% um, far-right terrorists committed 67% of domestic terrorist attacks. Um, and the numbers just go on and on. And in the world, terrorism in the West makes up a small fraction of total terrorism in the world. Between 2002 and 2019, there were over 200,000 deaths from terrorism globally. So this is a problem globally, internationally, and domestically. And to help us with the conversation today, we have none other than Ken Cloak, C-L-O-K-E. Google him. You will see just how amazing he is. You don't want to miss this conversation. One of the foremost thought leaders in the area of mediation and conflict resolution. So don't turn that down. You're tuned into to KBLA Talk 1580, call a friend, call a neighbor, call a family member, and tell them on KBLA Talk 1580, they have a lot to talk about. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show with Angela Redock-Wright, and um, you just heard the song, um, 
they can't take that away from me by louis armstrong and ella fitzgerald and i'd like to thank our guest today the amazing ken cloak for providing with us with this playlist today those of you who listen to the show from week to week you know we love playing music on the show to help us transition in our conversation and we love when our guests share with us their favorite artists and playlists and we ask them we say give us your favorite soulful artist uh, that we could play on the show and ken here He's so he's shaking his head when I mention the name of the song and the artist. He's so excited. So welcome, Ken Cloak. Why do you love that song so much or those artists? <laughs> well, I grew up in a family where uh, Ella and Louie were gods uh, and they were just on the record player all the time. And oh, wow. My brother and I danced regularly to especially Louis Armstrong and um it, it just that music filled our house oh wow it sounds like an amazing place and i uh, want to ask you a little bit more about where you grew up and what brought you to the work that you do but first let me introduce you to our, our listeners to you um i call him ken his name officially yeah. Kenneth Cloak, uh, a.k.a. Ken for his friends, and I think he's everybody's my friend. <laughs> Kenneth Cloak is an amazing mediator and peace builder. He is the director of the Center for Dispute Resolution and a mediator, arbitrator, consultant, and trainer specializing in communication, negotiation, and resolving complex, complex multi-party conflicts, including community conflicts, grievance and workplace disputes, collective bargaining negotiations, organizational and school conflicts, sexual harassment and discrimination losses, public policy disputes, and designing preventative conflict resolution systems for organizations. He is also a leader in international peace building and conflict resolution and mediation. He's taught dispute resolution in over 20 countries and is nationally recognized, a nationally recognized speaker and published author of many articles and books. Um, he currently serves as adjunct professor at uh, Pepperdine University School of Law, Harvard University School of Law, and Amsterdam's University's Institute on Dispute Resolution. I first, and a founder of an organization we'll talk a little bit about um, uh, called Mediators Beyond Borders. And that is exactly why we've invited Ken to be with us today uh, because of his domestic experience and focus, but also because of his international experience. And as we mentioned in the opening, um, this week falls on uh, within what they call the UN, the United Nations International Peacekeepers Week. And so I thought it would be good to, to bring someone who's on the cutting edge of peace building and conflict resolution, not only locally, but also internationally. So welcome, Ken. So excited to have you on the show. Well, I'm excited to be here, Angela. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Uh, I have such great respect for you and also for have a smiley, uh, who I <clears throat> consider to be one of the best interviewers um, uh, around. Uh, he's just really terrific, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Wow, uh, I will. I'm sure he's listening, and I'll make sure that he he's probably going to want to borrow that clip because we all listen to him and seek his advice on how to conduct a great interview. So you're definitely right about that. So can you have such a um, 
an amazing background. I know you just celebrated a birthday. I won't shout out your age, but I'm like, I want to be like you when I'm your age is all I'll say about that. But how did you get into this work growing up in a household where you listened to Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald? How did you get on the path of becoming one of the most well-regarded mediators and peace builders of our time? Well, interestingly enough, the path took me first in a completely different direction. Um, I was a student at UC Berkeley in the 1960s and became very involved in the student movement. I was in, very involved in the civil rights movement. And part of my job as a member of those movements was to create conflicts. Create uh, conflicts. <laughs> You're at the heart of creating conflict, okay. Conflict. Uh, John Lewis uh, calls good trouble. Right, right. Uh, and so the basic idea was um, that to, uh, and this didn't really occur to me until later, um, uh, there are two different approaches to conflict. One is to kind of suppress it or get rid of it or even to settle it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And the other is to resolve the underlying reasons that gave rise to it. Mm. And sometimes... Um, when we talk about peacemaking or peacekeeping or peace building, we have to think about what the word peace actually means. Mm -hmm. uh, and what peace does not mean is the absence of disagreement mm. or the absence of diversity okay. or the, even the absence of conflict. What peace means is a collaborative, constructive, positive approach to those conflicts, which tries to discover their source where do they come from mm -hmm. what's really underneath all of these arguments mm -hmm. and then do what we can to try to fix that mm. sometimes it's necessary to stir the pot a little mm -hmm. bit mm -hmm. um, in order to be able to get to those underlying issues and resolve them and we can think of those as i did at the time as creating conflicts mm -hmm. but really what we're doing is we're trying to show people what the real source of the conflict is so we can make a choice about mm -hmm. how to live our lives uh, in ways that are supportive and kind and constructive and um, collaborative. Yes, yes. Well, a lot to unpack there. And I just want to back up a little bit. So how did you go from being a conflict starter at your days at Berkeley in the 60s to being someone who now is called on to resolve some of the toughest conflicts um, around the world and, you know, even in workplaces and schools and government agencies? Um, what was your, your path to, to this point? Well, what happened is that I became, uh, I was appointed to become a judge for the Agricultural Labor Relations Board and then the Public Employment Relations Board, and then was a judge pro tem on the Superior Court. Sorry? In Los Angeles and in California, Angeles. the Agricultural Board yeah. for California? Okay. Yeah. And what I realized was uh, that even as a judge, it was very difficult for me to do something that I felt was just. Mm -hmm. The whole purpose of the law was about justice, and what I believed in was about creating just solutions. Mm -hmm. But the difficulty was that the way the law was organized, it made it very difficult to reach those just outcomes. And then mm -hmm. I was appointed to become a settlement judge 
Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I discovered I could do things I couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. So I found out about mediation. I was trained as a community mediator mm-hmm. and began very 1980 working in uh, uh, community conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and today there are a bunch of community mediation programs. But at that time, there was just this one, the Neighborhood Justice Center in, Sa- in Santa Monica then. Mm, um, I've heard of that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so we mediated cases involving kids who committed crimes and their victims, uh, landlords and tenants, tenants and tenants, mm-hmm. dog barking cases, mm-hmm. um, you know, just all kinds of issues, uh, racial encounters, um, you know, instances in which there was domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And these were all cases that the police were not particularly adept at handling mm-hmm. um, and they needed a different set of techniques mm-hmm. and what mediation teaches is exactly those techniques mm-hmm. techniques of listening of emotional communicate emotionally informed communication mm-hmm. um, techniques of um, empathy building mm-hmm. um, and it turns out that if you think about this we can look at all kinds of disputes as taking place on a small scale Mm-hmm. But they also take place on a mid-scale in communities as a whole, mm-hmm. in organizations, in workplaces. And they also take place on a very large scale mm-hmm. uh, between cultures and nation states. Mm-hmm. And so the question that I'm working on right now, I'm writing a book about right now, is how to create methods that are scale-free, that mm-hmm. can go from a very, very tiny little, you know, what we think of as a nothing dispute between uh, a married couple mm-hmm. uh, over, you know, um, where are we going to go for dinner uh, or whatever the issue may happen to be. There are mm-hmm. millions of them on up to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that the goal is to figure out what works on all those levels simultaneously. Mm-hmm. How do we do this? Yeah, yeah. And- and oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say that that actually is a great way to sort of frame our discussion today. I mean, because we could talk about sort of just mediation in general and what it is and so forth. And we actually had a show on that about, you know, two months ago with um, our colleagues from Southern California Mediation Association. But really what where, where I am just really uh, intrigued by the work you're doing is sort of your way in on where we are in the world today. Um, in terms of conflict and the role that conflict is playing in terms of kind of driving the tensions and tensions is probably not a strong enough word, but just for purposes of this this conversation or starter the tensions that exist, you know, from just neighbor to neighbor to, you know, we're seeing in the news, like you can't even back up in someone's driveway now, right? You know, domestically here in the US, all the way to Ukraine, as you said, or other conflict in the Middle East and other parts of the world, just even here in the US. What What's your um, thesis of what what's driving our world right now? Where's all this conflict coming from? Yeah, great question. Mm-hmm. Great question, Angela. Um, I, let's put, I'll just try and do it really simply and quickly. There's a much more elaborate approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simply, if we ask the question, what is conflict? Mm-hmm. Uh, one answer is it's a lack of skill at being able to handle somebody else's behavior. 
Mm. A, lack of that skill. lack of skill everywhere. We see it on between kids on school playgrounds, between gangs that are fighting with each other, uh, in the political disputes that we are having. And so the question then becomes, what are those skills? Mm -hmm. So again, if we go back to the war, war in Ukraine, war in Sudan, right now as we're speaking, where millions of people are dying in those wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Atwood said, uh, the Canadian writer, novelist, said that, um, uh, in quotes, war is what happens when language fails. Mm-hmm. And so what we are looking at is, what is the kind of language that we could use that would help people escape these problems. Mm-hmm. Well, um, the most, the best form of, of language for doing this is questions. Mm-hmm. Not questions that are asked in court, like where were you on the night of October the 21st? Mm-hmm. Not the who, what, when, where. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, to give an example, short example, uh, there are three kinds of questions I could ask everyone who's listening to you right now. Mm-hmm. Question one, who is the oldest person on this call? Could be me. Uh, <laughs> who's the tallest? Who lives the closest to City Hall, downtown Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. And notice that there is a single correct answer for everyone. Mm-hmm. Second kind of question. How old are you? Mm-hmm. How tall are you? Mm-hmm. Where do you live? Now there's a single correct answer for each person. Mm-hmm. Category of question number three. What issues are you facing at whatever age you're at? Mm-hmm. What does your height mean to you? Mm-hmm. What do you love about where you live? What do you not love about where you live? Mm-hmm. Now notice there's no single correct answer. Right, right. There's multiple correct answers for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's an example of a technique that can be used in conflict resolution, what we call open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to find out whether it is possible for us to come up with uh, solutions that what we call in conflict resolution uh, are not zero-sum solutions. A zero-sum solution is if there's a total of 10 and I get six, you get four. Mm -hmm. If I get seven, you get three. That's a zero-sum solution. Mm -hmm. A non-zero-sum solution is we can both get 10. How do we both get 10? Mm-hmm. by asking questions in which it's possible for both of us to be right mm. for both of us to to get the things that we want on some level respect is an example mm-hmm. if you we i should have put aretha franklin down on my music list <laughs> uh, respect isn't something where you give it to one person and the other person doesn't get it right you can respect everybody right uh, it's not so something that, that has to be zero sum or exactly. you only get it but i don't i can't give it to anyone else yeah and what do people want in dispute resolution they want to be respected mm-hmm. they want dignity they want the ability to say what is important to them right they right want to have that heard and they want to have that included in the solution and guess yeah. what we can do that Wow, we are having exactly the conversation I wanted to have today with Ken Cloak, an internationally recognized uh, mediator, peace builder, conflict resolution strategist. Um, You don't want to miss this conversation. He's giving us 
tools as we speak for how to resolve conflict in our everyday lives. Continue for it with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is The Legal Lens with Angela's show, and we have a lot to talk about. Thank you for continuing with us on KBLA Talk 1580. And that song was The Freedom Singers, Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around, another favorite. Uh, thank you, Ken Cloak, our guest for today, for providing us our playlist, some amazing songs that are so befitting for our discussion. We're talking about mediation. No, not meditation, but mediation and conflict resolution and peace building in our everyday lives, but also how that translates into what we're seeing um, in the world that seems to be in a constant state of conflict, and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So thank you you can cloak um, internationally renowned mediator and dispute resolution specialist. You get you started to you define peace building and peace and what it is and conflict resolution. And then you gave us some great tools, started to give us some tools for how we should think about conflict and conflict resolution in our everyday lives. Open-ended questions, not thinking of things as a zero-sum game, um, and just being you know willing to be open to, to people and and the interactions that we have with them. If you could share one or two other tools sure. that our listeners can take with them, you know, what sure. would you share? Yeah, uh, and I should say we're discovering these techniques all the time. Uh, and so there are new ones that are cropping up. This is not a closed field where we know everything. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, we have to assume that when it comes to human beings, we know almost next to nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So one technique comes out of a, a book that was written many years ago. It's a very nice, really very short, very, really well done book called Getting to Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the very first by Roger Fisher and William Urey. And the very first suggestion that they make is separate the person from the problem, be soft on the person and hard on the problem. Mm -hmm. so the, problem, the reason that's so successful is because we mistake the person for the problem. Mm -hmm. And if we can define the problem not as a you, but as an it, all of a sudden, all the defensiveness disappears. Mm -hmm. Nobody gets defensive when somebody describes a problem as an it. So, right. for example, you are lazy. What are you going to get? No, I'm not. And you're, uh, you know, a horrible person in some other way. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you get defense and counter accusation. Mm -hmm. But if instead you say there's a lot of work to be done, how did how should it be divided? Mm -hmm. Which is exactly the same as you are lazy, mm -hmm. not in content, but the form is different. All of a sudden, people say, "Well, you know, I think it should be done this way, or I think it should be done that way." Mm -hmm. uh, but not just uh, you are lazy or using the it word. We can also use the we word, mm. we have a lot of work to do. How should we divide it? Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, the problem isn't me. Uh, it's a problem that we are sharing. Yeah. And therefore, we have a relationship with one another that is positive and constructive and collaborative just by shifting the pronoun from you to it to we. Right, right. 
Let's look at how you have employed some of these principles in, in your own practice, particularly in your international practice. Um, you're a founder, a key, the lead founder in an organization called Mediators Beyond Borders. Um, tell us a little bit about that organization. And when you think of, uh, we know you're, you're brought in for major international conflicts. Um, what's one that comes to mind where the principles that you just shared with us were very apparent and how you utilize some of these tools to help. I don't know if the issues have been fully resolved, but help to advance the, the issue of conflict resolution in those instances. Well, probably the most dramatic one was the very first issue we faced as mediators beyond borders. Mm -hmm. We got a request from a group of child soldiers in the Buddha Durham refugee camp in Ghana. Mm. Africa. And mm. these were Liberian soldiers who had been taken from their villages at the age of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, and turned into vicious mercenaries, mm -hmm. uh, killers, rapists, looters, etc. Mm -hmm. Now they have been captured and sent to this refugee camp. What is going to happen to these kids? Mm. Uh, and so what we did was we came in and we, first we taught them some conflict resolution skills in order to be able to help them resolve conflicts with one another. Mm -hmm. And then the camp decided to close and repatriate these people to the communities they came from in Liberia. Mm -hmm. well, how are you going to feel if you're in a community that this murderer came from and now they're supposed to take this person back? Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of fear around that. And so what we did was we taught them two sets of skills. One was a set of skills in um, having conversations with people about forgiveness and reconciliation, mm -hmm. which includes apologies mm -hmm. um, and how to do that in a convincing and real way, mm -hmm. uh, how to mean it. Wow. Um, and then mm -hmm. we, we started working with the groups in Liberia to build truth and reconciliation commissions. Mm-hmm. Then we taught them another skill. Um, we did research on the ground in Liberia and we discovered that one of the skills that local communities needed was plumbers. So we taught these kids to be plumbers. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming back, not as warriors, but as mm -hmm. plumbers. Oh, wow. Well, okay. that's completely different. Yeah, uh, they see themselves another, differently. Mm -hmm. yeah, another was a group we worked with in, in Kenya. Uh, these were herders, pastoralists, you know, people who have goats and cattle and, you know, things of this sort, and they roam around the countryside looking for pasture land. Well, there's been a epic uh, drought in Kenya, mm -hmm. eastern Kenya. And so what was happening is all of these people were fighting with one another, and there were wars taking place over pasture land and mm -hmm. grazing rights and water and things of this sort. And so we trained the group, the leaders of the group, especially mm -hmm. um, in uh, mediation techniques mm -hmm. and dialogue techniques mm -hmm. and collaborative negotiation techniques. And they negotiated what they were going to do so they wouldn't just be fighting with each other mm. and stopped a war. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty powerful because they were actually fighting with one another, getting ready for a major war. Right prevented that from happening which is pretty striking that is that is and that was facilitated through mediators beyond borders that was a and so tell us a little bit more about that organization and its purpose 
So Mediators Beyond Borders, uh, is uh, the goal is to build conflict resolution and peacemaking capacity in underserved communities around the world. Mm, okay. And so it's skills and capacities uh, in conflict resolution, peace building. And what happens after every war, like we've worked in Rwanda, mm -hmm. uh, and what we discovered in Rwanda is everybody in the entire country has been traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. Or Hutus and Tutsis. So we brought together leaders from Hutus and Tutsis mm -hmm. and trained them again, not just in conflict resolution techniques, but we brought in trauma specialists and mm -hmm. created a new form of mediation called trauma-informed mediation. Yes, yes. It helps people figure out what's going on with their trauma and speak to each other as though the other person has experienced trauma. Yeah. Yes. And the idea of doing this just became so clear. Isn't it true that in every conflict, people are traumatized? Mm -hmm. People experience trauma. In every right. And it's sort of like we just go back after the conflict or after the experience of war, what have you. Or my theory is even here in the world with respect to COVID, we just kind of go back to life as it was without dealing with the trauma or the impact that it had on us and incorporating that into our, our learnings and going forward. Um, we are speaking today to um, well-regarded uh, mediator, international conflict resolution expert, Ken or Kenneth Cloak. And um, we're going to continue our conversation with him as we come forward. You don't wanna miss this conversation. We're gonna talk about how this all applies in the US and what we're seeing domestically. Stay tuned. More of Legal Lens with Angela Reddick-Bright. Helping you see legal issues more clearly when we come forward. Thank you for coming forward with us on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the Legal Lens Show. And that song was Everybody Knows About Mississippi Got Mine by Nina Simone. I love that song and I love Nina Simone. Thank you to our guest today, Ken Cloak, for providing us with a great, great playlist. We're talking to internationally renowned mediator, conflict resolution specialist, been in the heart of international conflict. Um, and he's helping give us language around this idea of mediation and conflict resolution and how we incorporate the principles of this in our everyday lives. And it's very, this show is focused somewhat on international disputes and the work that Ken and his organization Mediators Beyond Borders have done internationally. But um, the other reason I wanted to invite Ken is because He's been speaking a lot, um, not surprisingly, and developing a lot of thought leadership post-George Floyd and COVID and so forth around the conflict we're experiencing domestically here in the U.S. Is one thing, as uh, Americans, we tend to point the fingers and think we're better than the rest of the world and like, oh, their problems in Ukraine, their problems in Sudan. But it's very clear that we are in the crux of our, almost our own civil war on some days, uh, many days, and that we need to kind of look in the mirror, Ken. What are your thoughts about that? What have you been talking about in this regard? Uh, well, I think Nina Simone is a great uh, introduction to this because I think we all know, everybody knows about the fact that we are facing terrific problems in this country. Um, uh, we can look at it from a variety of perspectives. We have issues dividing people over race. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have representatives in the Congress of the United States who believe in white supremacy. Uh, we have conflicts over gender. We have conflicts over, uh, right now, uh, gay be drag queens, use of bathrooms, um, you know, uh, sex change operations, just a whole series of things. Mm -hmm. What's important isn't just the things that people are talking about, it's the way that they're talking about them and the kind of solution that they're suggesting to all of those problems. Mm -hmm. And that is a solution that ends in domination of one group over another. Mm. And the difficulty is that that's never a successful way of ending conflict mm -hmm. because somebody's going to walk away feeling resentful. Mm -hmm. So what I realized um, coming, going back to my background, working in the South in the civil rights movement in Alabama and Southern Georgia, um, is that um, the issue isn't exactly race. It's the ability to dominate people who are different from you, the ability to take what belongs to them, to mm. keep them down, to exploit them. Um, and you could see this in a whole number of different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and people today, I think younger people today, don't have a sense of what this was like. Um, but to have the, the actual experience of having that hate directed at me as a white person who was living in a black community and working with black organizers and uh, was, I'd never seen that before mm. uh, in, in quite that way. Right. And, it's a huge revelation to me. Right. Hold that thought, Ken, and we're going to have you kind of close that out and give us your one or two things that you think we should be thinking about as individuals, as a, as a country, to continue and to start for some to tackle those issues. You're tuned into KBLA Talk 1580. This is The Legal Link. Thank you for continuing for it with us. Not enough time as usual, but thank you, Ken, for our last song there. Miles Davis, Sketches of Spain, an amazing song, an amazing artist. We have spent this um, last hour with Ken Cloak, um, renowned mediator and conflict resolution strategist, both domestically and internationally, founder of an organization called Mediators Beyond Borders. But um, Ken, uh, has so eloquently helped us to understand that our problems are not just international problems. We have domestic problems as well. And you were just kind of speaking to the heart of some of those issues, the domination factor. What advice would you give to our listeners and to the, the world and those listening in of how we start to solve some of the issues of conflict and think about them, whether it be in our own lives, family, friends, work, or domestically on a larger level? Well, I think we need to go back to a fundamental principle of nonviolence advanced by Martin Luther King Jr. and um, many, many people who I knew in the civil rights movement. Um, and that is, Dr. King wrote about this uh, quite profoundly. He said, you can't abolish hate with hate. Mm. You can abolish hate as love. So how do we get there? How do you transform someone who is stuck in hate um, into someone who is capable actually of listening to some other person. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there are a couple of ways of doing this. Um, in Mediators Beyond Borders, we uh, taught a group of people in Athens 
uh, how to become facilitators. And we organized dialogues between Greek citizens who were who hated immigrants and immigrants who had been brought into Greece and were suffering from all kinds of difficulties. Mm -hmm. And the two questions we started with was, were one, uh, have you ever in your life um, been the new one in a family or neighborhood or a school or a workplace? What happened? How were you treated? Mm -hmm. What was it like? And have you mm -hmm. ever been the one in your life in a school or family or neighborhood or workplace who's been there for a while and now new people are coming in? What did that feel like? How are you treated? Mm -hmm. So everybody begins to get the feeling of what it might be like to be on the other side. Right, right. And that question gives everyone a chance to weigh in, independent of gender, race, ethnicity. I love that. And okay. there's one other piece that I think is the most important and most fundamental to walk away with. All of the problems we're talking about can be described as us versus them. Mm. And the problem is you eventually come to a realization there is no them. There's just us. Mm. Wow. It's just us. Who is this them that we have created? Yeah. Wow. What a perfect place to end for today, but not forever. We you, definitely a part two is in order here, especially as we see conflict around the world continue to be on the rise. Would definitely love to have you back as a thought leader and someone who helps inspires us to our greater good. Thank you, Kenneth Cloak, for being a guest on the show today. How do our listeners follow you? Or, or anything you want them to read? You're off, you've authored so much. Uh, well, I've written a lot of books. Probably the one that may be most helpful to people is called Resolving Conflicts at Work because it was written not for mediators, but for people generally in the workplace. Uh, and it's got some good examples of this. They can follow Mediators Beyond Borders. It's listed online. And for me, I have a website at kencloak.com. Um, Excellent. Well, thank you. We've had one of the most well-regarded mediators um, with us today. Um, you should not take today's interview for granted because we are truly talking to a national treasure and someone that I am so pleased to know and have acquaintance with. Um, up next, we have Talk Tech to Me with Cassie Betts. Um, please plan to tune in to our Legal Lens show again next week where we will continue to bring to you uh, a trending legal topic or policy topic. Hopefully that matters to you and helps you to navigate these issues in your own lives. Until then, I leave you with the words of poet, young uh, rising poet, Amanda Gorman uh, from her book, The Hill We Climb. She said, we seek harm to none and harmony for all. I think that perfectly captures conversation with Ken Cloak today. Um, until next time, folks, smile. Be kind. The world needs more of that. Just, just genuine kindness toward others, and just do your best to be a light in this in this very, very dark world at times. Signing off. This is Angela Redock Wright with the Legal Lens Show on KBLA Talk fifteen eighty, and I'll see you next.